please, I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you greatly. Today, I'm going to discuss dementia and how uh, COVID has affected our elderly population. And I'm just going to jump right into it. So I wanted to talk about dementia first. And um, anybody out there that has a loved one with dementia, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for your loved one, and I'm sorry for you. It is, it is incredibly difficult for, obviously, the person that has dementia as well as the family members. Um, my mom has early onset dementia and I recently moved her to the Willamette Valley a year ago in October. Um, she moved here from Astoria and she did not want to make the move at all. I was driving the three hours to Astoria to visit her um, every single month for the past seven years. I drove three hours there, three hours back every month for the past seven years to visit and check in on her. Um, that obviously became a little difficult after a while. And I started noticing that she needed more and more help. And so I started talking to her about the possibility of moving closer to me so that we could see each other a lot more often. Um, and obviously, I was just really worried about her um, and me not being where I could keep an eye on her was just making me sick. I was so worried all the time. And again, I just started noticing her health declining and her struggling to get around on her own. We tried to um, see if we could get um, a care provider to come to her home and help her out a couple days a week. Unfortunately, um, that was not a possibility. She made just a little, just barely too much for the state to be able to pay for a caregiver to come, but she makes not enough to be able to pay out of pocket. Um, unfortunately, she doesn't make enough to be able to private pay. So she was on that cusp where not enough, didn't make enough to um, be able to pay for it out of pocket, but made a little too much to be able to have the state cover it. So then I really wanted to talk to her about coming here to the Valley to be closer to me and all the reasons why, um, the pros and cons. And she ended up deciding that, yes, that was probably the best thing. She didn't really want to. Um, she still is not thrilled about it, but at the same time, she realizes that I get to see her more and that it's in her best interest. So we moved. Well, this was again back in October of 2020. So COVID was, um, well into its uh, all of its craziness. And um, the, the place I chose, why a big reason why I chose it, aside from the fact that obviously it had everything that my mom wanted, I knew that it was safe, had good reviews and all of that. But part of why I chose it too was that I was able to, although I could not come into her apartment and visit, 
she was able to um, come out and I could take her out to the store or I could take her on a drive or, well, there weren't restaurants really open back then, but when they started opening, I was able to take her out so I could still see her. I just couldn't come to her apartment, which was great. Back then, that wasn't that big of a deal. The problem is now and for the past gosh, seven months, it's been quite a big deal. I am not able to take her out in the car with me. My mom has COPD, so she has to wear oxygen when she leaves, which means, yes, there are portable oxygen tanks, certainly, um, but we have to bring oxygen. She also has a catheter. So that means there's this bag, you know, that you can see and it's visible. And they do have the leg bags to put on, but they're very small and they need to be emptied quite a bit more often. So, and it becomes quite a big ordeal when you're out and about. So we end up bringing, bringing her bigger one, which obviously can be seen and that's embarrassing and, you know, doesn't look very sanitary. So, um, and then she has a walker at the time she had a walker. She just recently, as of last month, um, got an electric wheelchair. That took seven months to get the electric wheelchair, and that's after a lot of persistent phone calls. took seven months to get that. The problem is I can't break down the wheelchair to fit into my car. I have a smaller car, and it doesn't fit. I don't have the money right now to put a rack to be able to put her electric wheelchair on. So taking her like on a drive or out to the store or to a restaurant is incredibly hard. My mom is, um, she gets out of breath very, very easily. And again, like I said, she has a catheter. Well, in addition to those two things, I, how do I say this? Not to be too much information, but when she has to go to the bathroom, other than just peeing, she has to go right that second. It's urgent. So I have to try to find a public restroom. I have to try to get her into that public restroom before there's an accident, which is extraordinarily difficult because when she has to go again, it's urgent and right then and she can't hold it. So if she can't hold it, then she'll have an accident, which means now I've got to find a public area to a public restroom and with her walker, have her get into that restroom. Well, walking on her walker right now, again, it just takes an extraordinarily long time. She has way too difficult of a time walking. So to try to get her into the restroom, have her go to the bathroom, then change all of her clothes, get new clothes on, and then walk back to the car takes just a lot out of her. It, it makes her exhausted. And frankly, it makes me exhausted. So that's really not an option for me anymore to be able to take her out of the building to be able to visit her which means the only thing that I can do right now is talk to her on the phone and that's it. I can just talk to her on the phone. And I'm here to tell you talking to somebody on the phone, of course, is not even close to the same as being able to touch them and hug them and look them in the eyes and see them. Um, and right now, the reason that it's um, not a possibility for me to go to her apartment um, so for a while, let me back up a little bit. For a while during COVID back in 2020, the only way anybody could see anybody was um, anybody could see their loved ones that was in um, the assisted living facility is if we took 
them out, like I said, to a store or to our houses or whatever. Um, oh, and by the way, the reason I never brought my mom to my house is my house has stairs and it was hard for her to get in and out of my home. It doesn't have a ramp or anything. So getting in and out of my house was hard and it's 45 minutes away and she just didn't like the drive and she didn't like it. So at any rate, so back in 2020, we could see people as long as we um, brought our loved ones out and about. Then it was awesome because for quite a while, finally, um, the rules and regulations um, regulations changed, and I was able to go visit my mom up in her apartment, which was awesome. She didn't have to go anywhere. She could stay in the comfort of her own home. We could just sit without, if she had to use the restroom, we were able to do so right there. We didn't have to worry about oxygen, catheter, none of that. And I could see her. I could touch her. I could talk to her. I could look her in the eyes, and it was great. And that lasted for, I don't know, about two months. And then it switched where somebody, one staff member, one, um, tested positive for COVID. And so they shut down the facility and made it where nobody could come visit. And, um, but yet, so nobody could come in and visit. But they did make it where we could bring our loved ones out of the facility and visit, just like back in 2020. So same rules. I could bring her out. I could take her to a restaurant on a drive, all of that. But as I said, that was not an option for my mom. That's not an option right now at all for my mom and I, which meant that now that they were on quarantine because one person tested positive, um, I was now unable to see my mom. So basically that's a 14 day thing. So I didn't see my mom for two weeks. I could only talk to her on the phone. Then um, they were like, yay, nobody tested positive, all is well, and they were open for like four days. And then somehow someone tested positive again, one person. So they closed down again for another two weeks. So I was unable to see my mom for another two weeks. Well, during this time, my mom is really starting to get um, to lose her memory quite quickly, to be honest. And she would call me, I would say at least three times a day, scared to death, absolutely scared to death, not knowing where she was, not knowing why her grandchildren and her daughter um, have come to see her. She kept asking me why I haven't come to visit her, why her grandchildren haven't come to see her, telling me that she's scared of dying, telling me she's scared of dying alone, telling me that she just wants to go home, begging me to come pick her up, begging me to come pick her up and just take her home. And I was listening to this at least three times a day for the entire time that she was um, quarantined. And I got to tell you, that can really break down a person. I... I did not know what to say or do to make her feel better because again, she's getting early onset dementia. So she doesn't quite understand why I'm not there. She doesn't remember that they're on quarantine and I can't come see her. So in her mind, I'm just not visiting and she doesn't get why she doesn't get what she's done. And in the meantime, she's also telling me that she's scared of dying and scared of dying alone and just wants me to come and see her. The med techs and the caregivers kept telling me that I was the only person that could calm her down and make her feel better. And yet I wasn't able to go and see her. So I had to sit there and listen to my mom cry and know that she's scared and know that she's lonely. And yet 
There was nothing that I could do. That's, that's really, really difficult. And, um, I don't really wish dementia or having to go through that on anybody. Um, also let me just throw in there that, um, I was a CNA and a housekeeper and worked as a receptionist, um, in assisted living and memory care facilities for nine years. Um, I, I worked as a receptionist for three. I worked as a housekeeper for three years and I worked as a certified nurse's aide for three years. Um, and now I have a mom that is living in an assisted living facility. So I have seen assisted living facilities and memory care facilities from four different angles. I've seen it through four different, I um, not eyes, but from four different perspectives. And I've heard a lot lately. And when you look and see the, when you see the looks on the residents' faces, they look so defeated and so sad. And they have a reason to be because I'm here to tell you that one of the most important things for for the elderly um, is seeing their family and being able to be social, being able to go to their bingo nights and being able to have all their social activities, being able to do their exercises and their bingos and their karaoke, being able to go out and go shopping, being able to see their loved ones. The elderly of all people need to have that socialization and need to be able to see their family. I have actually heard with my own ears, heard people in the facility that my mom lives at tell me, they would rather die of COVID than not be able to see their family. Let me say that again. They'd rather die of COVID than not be able to be around their family, not touch their family, not hug their family. These people are well aware they're in their, I hate to say this, I'm not trying to be blunt, but this is not a secret and they know this. They're at their end stage of life. They don't give a shit if they get COVID right now, if it means that they don't get to see their family. I'm not saying that they want COVID. I'm just saying that they'd rather have COVID than not be able to see their family. Now more than ever, they need to be able to be with their family, not listening to their family through a phone, not seeing them through a window. I pulled up one day and I saw a family member talking to their mom through a window. And that's great. But what about the people on the second floor, the third floor? And through a window, you can't touch somebody. You can't hug somebody. That's not the same. And I find it interesting that I'm not allowed to go up into my mom's apartment, just me, one person, with a mask, after I've taken my temperature and answered questions that um, they know that I do not have COVID, wearing a mask. By the way, all of the residents have been vaccinated. They've all been vaccinated. I have been vaccinated. So my mom has been vaccinated. I have been vaccinated. All the residents have been vaccinated. I have a mask. I've taken my temperature. I've answered all the questions correctly. And I'm not allowed to, after doing all of that, walk up, go into my mom's apartment, just the two of us, one-on-one, -on -one, close the door where I'm not around any other resident. I'm around no other people. 
I'm around no other staff, and close the door and talk one-on-one with my mom. Yet somehow she is allowed to leave the building, come out to the grocery store where there are many, many people, where she can touch many things, and then I can take her to another place, like a restaurant. She can be around all of those people in addition to the people at the grocery store. She can touch many things. Those people may or may not be vaccinated. Who knows? Then bring her back to the facility and she can then go up to her apartment after she's been around all these people, all these germs, people that may or may not have been vaccinated. And then I can bring her home. But I'm not allowed to go up to her room, close the door and just have the two of us one-on-one. That does not make any sense to me. The logic just isn't there. And by the way, I'm not blaming the facility at all. This is nothing against the facility that my mom is at, and this is nothing against the staff at all. They did not put these rules into place, so I'm not saying anything against them. I appreciate everything that they do and have done. I'm just saying that the logic isn't there, and it's frustrating. And it's just hard. It's incredibly hard for everybody. Um, I just hate seeing the look on the faces of these residents. They're, they just look so defeated. And I just want people to be aware that sometimes we put rules in place to protect people, but is it really protecting them? Who is it protecting really? Is it protecting them? If we truly want what is in the best interest of somebody, we need to look at all angles. I do photography and I love photography because you look at things from all angles. I love how someone could take a picture of a flower. For example, you could have 10 people take 10 pictures of the same flower and you could have 10 different angles, 10 different perspectives. And I love that. I just think everything in life is about perspective and my side is not always correct. Um, We all have our opinions and we all have our perspective on things. And I just want to bring this up so that we can, you can see things from a different perspective. I can see this from four different perspectives being in a care facility because like I said, being a certified nurse's aide, a housekeeper, a receptionist, and now having a mom there. Um, I can see this from all angles, and I'm just here to tell you that it is more important for the residents to have quality time with their family and be able to be social. That is so much more important than closing the entire facility because one staff member tested positive for COVID. Because if that one staff member tested positive for the flu, We never shut down entire facilities. We just have that person with the flu go home. We've never, ever shut down a whole facility because someone had the flu. The same person that's susceptible to COVID is susceptible to the flu. And it's just infuriating to me when, if you go in and see the look on these residents' face, I defy you not to be just as frustrated. And if you have a family member that you can't see, Because of these rules and regulations, I defy you not to be frustrated. It just, and if you had a mom or a family member that was calling and begging you 
to come and see them and asking why you haven't seen them and telling you that they're scared to die alone, I, again, defy you not to be frustrated by all of this. It's frustrating and it's really sad. And dementia, by the way, is just, it sucks. I would not wish it on my worst enemy. It sucks for the person that has dementia and it sucks for the family members dealing with it. And I've had people say to me, well, don't worry. Eventually your mom won't remember who you are. As if that's something that's comforting to me. That's not comforting to me. And that's all the more reason, by the way, why when they have quarantine and I don't get to see my mom, my mom is losing her memory more and more literally by the day. Each day she's losing her memory more. I don't know when or if she's going to remember me tomorrow. I don't know when or if she's going to remember her grandchildren tomorrow. So I don't have time for these quarantine, um, for these days that they're on quarantine. I don't have time for that because my mom may not remember me. So, and her not remembering me is not a comfort. It's not like, oh, she's not going to remember who I am. So therefore it doesn't matter. No, that makes it worse. It's just hard. It's really hard. And so I just wanted to send out my love to anybody that is going through, um, going through this, you know, going through the same thing. Send out my love to anybody that is unable to see a loved one, regardless if they have dementia or they're in assisted living or not. Just anybody that is going through a hard time. I'm sorry. And I'm sending you much love and positive energy and a hug, really. It's hard. And I've had people tell me that um, there are support groups, by the way, um, for family members um, that are going through um, dealing with a family member that has dementia. There are support groups for that. And I did not know that. So thank you to everybody that brought that to my attention. I had no idea. So for those of you out there that also may not know that there are support groups, um, there are. And I'm here to tell you, I think that's probably a really good idea to talk to people that are going through the same thing, um, that can understand how difficult it is. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to kind of bring up dementia and bring up what's going on and let people know um, that that has been keeping me up. That's one of the things that have been keeping me up at night. One of the things that's um, making me lose sleep. But I really hope that anybody out there right now that's struggling in general knows that someone is thinking of you and someone cares. And that's me. So thanks for listening, you guys. I really appreciate it. And I'm really trying to get better and better at this. I know um, the first two episodes were just real quick. So I'm getting a little better. This is like double the time of the last two episodes, right? And I have an intro and an outro now. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks to my son. He put that on there and he made up that little jingle and he sifted through a whole bunch of sounds and put them together and made up the jingle. So thank you, Tyler. Shout out to my son. So I'm all fancy now, you guys. I've got an intro. I have an outro. This is my third episode and it's double the time of my first two. So I'm making progress by the third episode and I'm already making progress. See, I'm a fast learner, so I'm getting there. Um, so God, you know, by like uh, the fifth episode, I'm just going to be all fancy. 
Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you tuning in. And um, I may or may not have an extra episode this week. I'm trying to put out an episode every Wednesday, so once a week. However, that said, I am going to possibly put out another episode this week. Um, I'm going to take this to the road. I'm hitting the streets. I'm going to go out and ask some people that are out on the streets, out and about from all different areas and talk about all different topics and uh, see what people have to say and try to make that as part of my podcast as well. Just kind of getting, again, perspective, different perspectives from different people and um, see how that goes. I'm also going to have my sons on here sometimes, and we are going to be discussing things. So my son, uh, Tyler, and my son, Caden, will be on here once in a while. Um, And you just never know. You never know who I might be talking to or if I'm just sitting here talking to myself. I don't know. We'll see. You'll have to tune in. (laughs) Thank you again, you guys. I really appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. You guys all rock. Thank you. Thank you.